Welcome to the Music Universe podcast. We're talking Slane Castle today. Hey, buddy, check it out, check it out, check it out. I see that. What, uh, what do you got there? I got the Music Universe merch, and there will be more to come uh, later on. Uh, these are really cool, really well done, super soft. I love it. Yours will be in the mail very soon. I have to go back and get some more at the, uh, at where we were having them done. Uh, but yours will be in the mail soon. And I just, I just wanted to be like, ha ha ha. I have it <laughs> and you don't. So well, it's all right. It happens. And, uh, we're, we're going to get it here, uh, soon. And, uh, who knows, maybe we'll end up selling them. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's you'll possible. have to let us know if you're interested in a music yeah. university. They're really cool, very sleek. You can wear them under jackets and close them up just like this and hide the logo. So uh, yes, we got merch now, and you have an incredible guest. T- tell me a little bit about this castle. Okay, so are you familiar with Slane Castle in Ireland by chance? A, a, a little bit. It's a recording studio, right? Well, it, it was at one point. Uh, you two recorded the sure. Unforgettable Fire there. Um, and it's a concert venue. It's a large outdoor concert venue, but it's still a family home. And it's celebrating the 40th anniversary this year. And I'm chatting with uh, Alex Cunningham. He uh, is the son of the founders of it. And he tells some really cool stories about growing up and all the cool things that were going on all the guests that would show up and perform for them or just kind of hang out or even record so you two is a big topic of discussion for one i'm a big fan and two they just kind of um <clears throat> they're kind of the ones that brought slaying castle to my mind uh yeah. and of course guns and roses metallica bruce springsteen all these rockers are uh, have played there but there's one guy that hasn't that i discuss and i'm sure you can Ooh. imagine who that is garth Ah, but interesting. Watch it. Here's my interview with Alex Cunningham. And again, we're talking about the uh, 40th anniversary of the castle, as well as their new Slane uh, Irish whiskey that they have. So here's the interview. Alex Cunningham, thank you for joining us on the Music Universe podcast. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Not too bad at all. Greetings from Slane. Yes, you're our first uh, international guest that I can recall, at least on Zoom. And uh, it must be nice over there in Ireland, is it? It, uh, it is. Right now it's raining, but it's Ireland. So, that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's great. Thanks. Um, we, it's been a big year for us this year because we're actually celebrating 40 years of slaying concerts. Uh, the first show was back in uh back in 81 on the 16th of August with uh, Thin Lizzy headlined and you 2 were just getting started. So they were the support act and I can't believe it's been 40 years. Yeah. 40 years of that place. I mean, I know that you uh, 2 is a big history. You could see I'm wearing one of their shirts under here. Nice. Um, been a big fan all my life. And um, I know that they have a big history at the castle and it's gotta be uh got to be bittersweet at the same time because you know you can't have shows there right now not at the moment but look we're you know we're looking forward to hopefully coming back next year with a bang um but yeah you two have a long relationship with slain obviously they did that first gig supporting thin lizzie um and then a few years later 
uh, they actually lived with us in, in the castle. Um, so we were sleeping upstairs, so were they, but they set up their recording studios uh, in the dining room. And um, <clears throat> Brian Eno and Daniel Lenoir were on that album, and it was called The Unforgettable Fire. And uh, it's a fantastic album, and I remember them chasing us around the house and getting Bono's orange juice in the morning. And we got into trouble for tinkering with the recording equipment early in the morning. They thought it was ghosts playing with a machine, but in fact, it was us tiptoeing downstairs and pretending to be rock stars. I think we probably set the album back a few days, but uh, um, so yeah. And then they finally, um, you two uh, came back and did two amazing uh, shows in 2001. Um, and there's a great uh, DVD of that actually called You Two Go Home, which is, uh, and uh, two extraordinary um, gigs. Bono's dad had, had passed away shortly before one of them and it was a really emotional moment with the Irish crowd supporting him and then the other one there was a soccer match on and uh Ireland um <laughs> the beer sales were down and then Ireland scored and uh 80,000 points went up in the air and uh, it was a whole different story so yeah they've, they've and uh, you know it'd be great to get you two back here one day yeah I uh, I have all their albums I do have that go home dvd and uh it's really neat to see just that many people packed into this place but tell us let's go back a little bit to the whole unforgettable fire um if i'm not am i uh, incorrect there that uh, the fire was actually in the castle yeah so the naming of the album was kind of ironic because that was in the mid 80s uh but then in 91 uh we had a terrible fire at slaying castle thankfully so I wasn't, I was at school, I wasn't in the country, dad wasn't in the building. Uh, and if he had been with my stepmom, my, my baby sister, none of them would have survived. So nobody, nobody was killed, but the place was very badly damaged. We lost the art collection, but it looked, they're just things. And unfortunately, dad didn't have the place insured because the premiums were so expensive. Uh, it was just unworkable. So it took 10 years of doing gigs at Slane to raise enough money to, to rebuild it. And in fact, we then reopened it just in advance of the U2 show in 2001. So the name of the album and the actual fire event is just a <laughs> an unlucky co coincidence, if you like. Wow. Yeah. And I've, like I said, been a big U2 fan, but that's the first I've heard of that. I, I don't do a whole lot of reading. I do a lot of watching. <laughs> yeah. But, and a lot um, of listening, a lot of listening by the sounds of it as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All kinds of different eclectic music around here and, and of course, the website covers all genres, but 40 years. So when you guys got to bring U2 back and, you know, got to reopen, of course, that was likely, you know, a very joyous and monument time. But what's it been like since they've since you've reopened and, you know, before the pandemic? I mean, you guys were, I believe I've heard uh, holding at least one show a year, correct? Yeah, generally we try and hold one a year. Sometimes there's been a hiatus, you know, if like Slane is an 80,000 people venue. So, um, and the Irish population, you know, <clears throat> so it's the biggest outdoor venue in the country effectively. And so if you're going to fill Slane or get close to it, you've got to be a big name. And it just kind of depends on who's on tour. So um, the last couple of gigs before the pandemic, uh, we had Metallica in 2019, which was an incredible show. And uh, Slane had actually been on their bucket list for, for a long time. 
and um, you know the Metallica family. It was, it was an incredible gig. It was loud, uh, but it, it was yeah, it was brilliant. And they were so appreciative of the Irish audience and the people of Slane. And um, we went uh, backstage and met them before before they went on. And um, Lars Ulrich, in, in particular, was uh, we had a lovely moment. I had my son who was eleven. Rory and my dad and you know dad's been doing the gigs Lord Henry for years and, and it'd be pretty well known but Lars completely ignored dad completely ignored me and went straight to my son and said now you're the person I need to pay attention to here because one day I might want to come back here in my Zimmer frame and play Slane and I'm going to need your permission <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah so he's got a good sense of humor and then prior to Metallica it was uh, Guns N' Roses uh, who returned to Slane having played in 92 um and uh you know it was a different show the second time round um they got on stage on time uh, this <laughs> time round for starters but it was a great show so you know we've done different shows we we generally done the kind of rock arena but we had you know we've had Eminem we've had Madonna so it it's um it's varied but but I guess rock and roll is probably mainly what we're known for over the years well i was about to ask and you kind of answer this question when you have the artists performing there there do they actually get to stay in the castle with you but then you mentioned you actually went backstage to meet metallica yeah so um in the old days they probably would would come up a bit more you know artists have pretty grueling schedules now so they tend to ship in ship out a little but they do come up to the castle for sure uh we go down and meet them uh depending i think in you know in the early days when when the stones played in 82 you know, I was seven years old, but uh, I think there was a party both before that gig and afterwards, and pe- people hung around a lot longer. Uh, now they tend to ship out and get off to the to the next gig, so I think the industry's probably changed a bit in that regard. Um, but no, if you come to Slane, you know, certainly kind of meeting the family, and now, of course, uh, there's the whiskey as well, so we want to make sure that they um, they get a chance to enjoy a drop of, a drop of Slane uh, if they're so inclined. Sure. And kind of jumping back when you mentioned that you guys uh, lived with you two while they were there, what, other than, you know, getting in trouble for messing with their gear, what was that like having these guys who weren't quite the big rock stars they are now? That was still a few years later with the Joshua Tree in 87. But what was it like to have just a, a punk band at the time really staying with yeah. you guys and recording? Well, the lullabies were good because we <laughs> <laughs> off to sleep with, music coming up through the floorboards. And uh, that was always part of growing up for Slane. Like dad um, stripped out the kitchen in the castle and opened a nightclub down in the basement, you know, when when we were fairly young. So we were always used to having noise in the building. Um, and uh, I can remember, I think, uh, for this show that Springsteen did, and uh, he played his entire set in the dining room the night before the show to about three or four people. Uh, I wasn't one of them, sadly, but I do remember being upstairs and being able to hear it. And, and dad got to enjoy that, that incredible kind of intimate gig. So, you know, for us, it was normal growing up. Uh, I guess we didn't know any different, uh, but it was, I suppose, you know, in respect, it was, a, it was a pretty extraordinary upbringing. Now my kids, you know, are growing up with it as well. And, uh, and you know, they've been going to gigs since they were, since they were born. So it's it just... It's part of what living at Slane is all about. I was going to say that had to be so cool because you maybe didn't know who might be coming in and who might be, especially with that nightclub. And just growing up with that kind of atmosphere, it had to be really cool. 
Yeah, it was. It was, uh, but we were we were put to work early. Like dad, uh, dad got us to work on the shows. Um, you know, from a fairly young age, being a young teenager, we were we were doing jobs on the site and escorting VIPs down up to the VIP area or, or artists off choppers and taking them down backstage. So it, you know, it it was good fun. But dad always instilled a, a strong work ethic along with you know, along with a. The means of, of having a good time as well which is you know that's also what slain's about oh yeah and uh you mentioned that you guys hold eighty thousand people um have you ever thought uh and, and i know you kind of stick with the pop and the the rock category there's a and and matt would probably suggest this because we're both big fans of um this artist but have you thought about considering when the come when garth brooks made his comeback and the the Croke Park yep. shows got canceled. Have you guys thought about inviting him to play for 80,000 people there? So dad was inundated um, when the whole kind of Garth Brooks, you know, scenario and Croke Park, you know, it was, it was kind of farcical. And dad literally was getting letters, emails, texts, like everybody lobbying him to, to take Garth Brooks and saying, but uh, it, it would have been very difficult just because of the number of shows. Um, but, you know, dad and myself would definitely not be immune to trying new genres. Um, you know, uh, you know, I'd love to have seen Daft Punk at Slane. That would have been pretty cool. But obviously that's, that's happened now. So, you know, I think um, we need to be flexible and open-minded. The wonderful thing about music is that there are so many genres and a bit like you were saying earlier, buddy, like a lot of people have eclectic tastes. You're not just a rockhead or, a, you know, it depends on the mood. And I think, I think with Slane, we need to be open to that too. Yeah. That would be cool to see that um, because I know he hasn't been over there since like the nineties and that was like the big thing. Yeah. And uh, just kind of dawned on me that you guys could have potentially hosted that if, if it could have worked yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, we um, could. Yeah. So, I mean, I know it's kind of early, but um, are you guys potentially looking at, you know, starting back up next year with the concerts? Yeah. I mean, I think live music, um, you're a bit ahead of us over, over in the States. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting what's going on and, you know, markets like the UK. So we are definitely going to be back next year. It's, um, it, it's just the landscape has shifted and there are some challenges in the industry uh, particularly around insurance. Um, but I think we'll get over that. Um, I think live music is actually going to come back stronger than ever because people have really missed it. And you take things for granted, you know, um, like I, I, you know, I miss the gigs anyway, but the power of connection that you get a live music gig, I think it's, it's almost, uh, it's almost, um, uh, you know, spiritual nourishment, if you like. Um, and I think, uh, I think people are really looking forward to getting back to that. So I think it's actually going to be good for the music industry in a, in a way. If there is an upside, it'll be that the appreciation of live is going to be all the stronger. Yeah, and things are kind of, I'm sure you've heard, taking a turn for the worse with artists back on tour here. Speaking yep. of Garth, he, he canceled the remaining dates of his Nine Inch Nails have canceled uh stevie nicks you know all of 2021 it seems like daily we're getting stuff in for the cancellations including a lot that have been sidelined uh foo fighters wolfgang uh you know van halen and uh, a lot of them just having to sit out now due to somebody catching it 
And like you mentioned, the insurance is probably a big thing with that because this wasn't a thing five to even two years ago, really. No, it's not. And, um, you know, it's going to be when we do finally get beyond this, um, everyone's going to want to go back out on tour. So there's going to be a lot of choice, which means, I suppose, in some ways, great for the consumer, but it's a lot of competition if you're a venue. Um, but I, I think I think it will even out. Um, but, you know, I feel for all of the livelihoods for the people in the industry that are just getting ready to reopen and then you get knocked back again. You know, it's the riggers, the engineers, the security staff, everything, you know. Um, it's a massive industry, the live music industry on a global basis. And here in Ireland, we continue to be shut down. We haven't got a roadmap for reopening. And it's 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 very frustrating. Um, but we just have to be patient and remember that people are always going to come back to live music. Yeah, and I think right now everybody's kind of on their toes because it seems like um, at any given moment, you could be prepped to perform or prepped to go to a show and then it just be pulled out from under you. That's got to be nerve wracking for everybody, especially, you know, vendors or venues. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, you think of all the poor accommodation providers, you know, restaurant bookings, the whole lot like the ricochet, you know, repercussions of of those decisions are, are far and widespread. But the important thing is, you know, everybody's safe and that we, and that and that we that we come back, but um, you know there are festivals going on in the UK. They seem to still be going on for now, so you know it, it's going to be an interesting but challenging few months ahead. Um, but yeah, we just got to stay positive and look forward to what happens at the other end. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let's get on. I mean, we had some great stuff. Let's get on to even greater stuff. Let's talk the whiskey you guys have. Yeah, so uh, I'm stopping on one now, actually, because it's uh, it's definitely whiskey o'clock here. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, the whiskey kind of came out of the music because myself and dad recognized that Slane, you know, is, a, is an iconic venue. It's our single biggest source of income. And as we're finding right now at the moment, if we don't have big live gigs, it, it really hurts us. Uh, so he recognized that we needed to diversify in something else. And we both love our Irish whiskey. And more importantly, we're lucky enough to actually, you know, the family has land around Slane Castle, about 1,500 acres. And we've been growing tillage crops on this land for generations. Uh, And back in the 19th century, there were a lot of distilleries in this part of Ireland because we have some of the best farmland in the country for, for growing the cereals. So we were growing barley, that was going into cattle feed. And we basically said, why the hell are we giving it to the cattle? Want to be a lot more fun to turn it into whiskey. Uh, we draw our water from the River Boyne, which is actually the backdrop to, to the music venue. It's, it's at the base of the field. That's our water supply for the distillery. And then the building that I'm in right now, they date from the 18th century and they're the old stables and farmyard buildings. So we've repurposed those into a, a living working distillery. And it's taken, you know, it's taken years to get it up and running. And Slain uh, Irish Whiskey launched in 2017, and it's a it's a triple cast uh, blend. That's the that's the bottle there, and it's uh, it's black and red, which are the family colours, and a little bit more rock and roll, I suppose. But um, it's what I would call a session whiskey, and by that you know it's not like go crazy, but it just means it's designed share it with your mates. It's not going to break the bank, but what it does do is it delivers on flavour because we use three different barrels at the same time. So we separate whiskey and we mature it in a 
virgin American white oak, which comes from the Brown Forman Cooperage in Louisville. And then the second one is primarily a Jack Daniels barrel. And the third one is Oloroso Sherry. And it's a little bit like mixing music. If you do the barrels separately, you can dial up or dial down the flavor impacts of each barrel. And then you're going to bring them together again or blend them to kind of create the perfect uh, track or, or balance. Whiskey is all about balance. And so I kind of see it as Irish whiskey amplified. So we've kind of just turned up the flavor by investing in, in these barrels to, to deliver that. So yeah, it's 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 uh it's a it's a great whiskey. We we served it in the field at Metallica. Um and uh we we smashed out some some great cocktails there. Uh and it we had it just in time, ready in time for the Guns N' Roses gig uh, in the VIP area. And um <clears throat> we had the guys out from the Dead Rabbit Bar in New York and they did they they made some amazing cocktails for Slain and it's uh it's gathered momentum ever since. So it's um yeah, I'm, I'm very I'm very proud of, of the work that it took to get there. And, uh, and you'll see more releases coming out <clears throat> for Slane. Um, and we're going to be commemorating our 40th anniversary with, with a limited edition product. But that's, that's a little way out, but that'll, that'll be coming to the shelves at some stage as well. You made a great analogy that mixing the whiskey is like mixing a song. I mean, that, that's really neat how I've not heard of that before, where you actually do three separate barrels and then, you know, put what you need into it and just make it perfect yeah so it's that's where the skill of the blenders really come in um but you know whiskey is a flavorful spirit and uh we just wanted to yeah dial that up a little bit um but we literally made hundreds of different blends before we landed on the on the right proportions to get you know so that it hits you're getting plenty of vanilla on the nose from from the american white oak which is really heavily toasted virgin wood getting brown sugar and banana from the ex-jack barrel. And then you get this lovely kind of dried fruit notes, raisins, sultanas, and a little bit of baking spice from the sherry. And all of that evens out and kind of gives you a good full, full flavored whiskey. Um, but it's not an intimidating, it's like really approachable. Irish whiskey is generally nice and smooth and easy to drink. And we wanted to do that, but we wanted to dial up the flavor and then also make it affordable. Yeah, and now um, is it only available in Ireland, or can people everywhere pick this up? So it's available and definitely on the home turf here. But um, no, it's available um, in America. Um, it's also available. Uh, we're in the UK. We're in Australia. We're in France, and we just launched in Germany. So it's not everywhere by any means, uh, but it's certainly widely available in the US. And when you mentioned that you had served it at the Metallica show, did do you know if that inspired them to start creating their own whiskey? So they already, uh, so they their Blacken project was was already up and running, and um, we had we had a bit of fun on on the day. We, we did we did a whiskey swap, so to speak. Um, so uh, <laughs> it's um, like lots of acts have, have have got in on on the whiskey game. Uh, I guess we're doing it kind of as, uh, as a venue, but, you know, we hope that all the artists that do come into Slane uh, to, to play, you know, enjoying, enjoying some of Slane Irish whiskey uh, is kind of part, part of the ritual of coming here. Um, and, uh, and, you know, if, if they don't drink and that, and that's fine too, we still uh, uh, like to invite them up to the distillery and, and see, you know, the whole process in, in action. And do you guys usually offer tours when things are not locked down? Yeah, we do. We're actually we've just restarted now, so uh, we have to do it within guidelines. But yeah, we're we're doing tours of the working distillery now. 
you know, although these buildings date from the 18th century, it is a contemporary distillery, which means we could design it with visitors in mind. So we wanted it to be a place where people can, you know, touch, smell, feel, taste the, the whiskey processing. It's kind of an immersive experience where you learn about how, how the process from start to finish. And then you're in this beautiful landscape. You've got Slane Castle just beside you. It's our family home. And then you're nestled in the, in the valley, uh, the Boyne Valley, and you can see the fields in which barley is growing literally from the distillery door. So, yeah, it's that, uh, that I guess, hyper-local approach to, to distilling. Well, I've never been uh, out of the country outside of Mexico. So if I ever make it over there, I'll have to check out your distillery. And Absolutely. Yeah, well, you, you obviously love the music. So, you know, to have to catch a few tunes whilst you're here as well. Oh, absolutely. Now, can people get their uh, tickets for the uh, tour online or how, how can they pick those up? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to slainirishwhiskey.com, uh, you can book in for the distillery tours. We've got cocktail recipes on there uh, and then a lot of obviously back story information on, on the brand. And then slaincastle.ie is, is, uh, is about the venue um, and, uh, and the family and everything else. And we, we've got, you know, we got a very cool taqueria here this uh, this summer and, and a whole cocktail menu and other outdoor dining experiences. And, and for anyone who's interested in the history of the gigs, uh, there's some great information on there where you can look back over the 40 years. And if you were lucky enough to have gone to a gig in the past, we're now collecting memories from people um, who, who came to the gig and kind of sharing those and allowing friends to reconnect with each other as well. That's like a living archive project that we launched to commemorate 40 years. Oh, that sounds awesome. That sounds like that'd be fun to check out when it's up. Yeah. yeah. Well, Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure. Is there anything that uh, I didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I think we've, like, it's been a really enjoyable, I've really enjoyed the conversation and uh, just look forward to welcoming visitors to Slane if, if, if and when it, you know, it's safe to travel and, and uh, get people back in here and, and looking forward to, you know, being able to go to gigs and enjoying live music again. And, you know, as I said, whiskey and rock and roll go well together and, and, and hopefully that we've delivered with slang. So I think we're all good. Yeah. Um, you know, well, we're feeling for you here. I mean, you know, maybe a longer lockdown, maybe what's best in order to keep things on track when they relaunch, because it's just not going well, like mm. we discussed earlier here. So hopefully, um, uh, things will continue to improve and you guys can start uh, hosting shows again and get these 80,000 fans to enjoy your whiskey as well. Yeah, too right. Absolutely. Look forward to that. You know, it's really neat to hear the history of the castle and, you know, just to be there when you two recorded that iconic album and to be upstairs. And then, you know, the, the neat story that he said was they got in trouble for messing with the gear. <laughs> That's something that I would probably end up doing as well, just because of that <laughs> stuff. But, um, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's not always just about the artist. It's about where the artist recorded, where the artist lived, where mm. the artist frequented, because it all adds up to the career. So these, that kind of thing. I'm so I had a doctor's appointment that day. Unfortunately, I remember it very, very well. I was supposed to do it with you. And Unfortunately, I had a doctor's appointment and couldn't. So I'm sorry I missed one because uh, th those kinds of things uh, are very interesting to me. So it was a very, very fascinating interview. Yeah. And uh, I was actually in like a uh, 
uh, an event that they were doing that Alex was talking about the history of the castle. And it was like a, a online group thing. And there were other journalists and other people there. And then um, I just asked, like, you know, he he speaks so eloquently about everything. And it was just too much to just write up. So I'm like, Let, let's just do a podcast on it. So it was really cool. Yeah. He was obviously calling me from the uh, brewery there. So It'll be neat uh, if we ever get the over brewery? there. Is the brewery in Ireland? Is he is he Irish? Yeah, yeah, he's there. He, cool. He's the founder's son. So, you know, he grew up in that castle. And now out back, wow. they have the, um, the brewery that anybody can tour now. So I told him if we're ever over there, we'll, uh, we'll uh, chat with him. And don't get me started on getting a damn passport and getting over there. It's not happening. <laughs> not happening. Well, I- we just we just need to get you a passport first. I can't believe you don't have a passport. Well, maybe I, I don't I have, have one passport. for a reason. Maybe I don't have one because you like to drag <laughs> me places. I'll tell you what will get know. me there, though. If, if they could ever get Garth to perform there, I, I would probably go and see yeah. that. And I told you, I saw the Irish stage in Yankee Stadium. He used the Irish rig. Um, mm-hmm. For the show at Yankee Stadium, but that's another conversation. Uh, no, but the, no, we'll actually use that money we're saving on your passport and all that stuff to have you buy some merch. There you go. Are you guys buy some merch and get me a passport? And let us know, friends and fans, if you guys want some of these awesome tees. These are the really comfortable tees. They're not the scratchy. They're cotton, but they're not the scratchy kind that get drop shipped and you know you have no control over the quality. I literally go shopping for these. And I only wear soft tees anymore. So these are super, super soft. Uh, let us know if you want them and we will uh, compile an order. So uh, that is it uh, for the Music Universe podcast today. I'm Matt. And I'm um, Buddy. Thanks for listening and watching on socials. Keep hitting that subscribe button and checking out the website, themusicuniverse.com. Take care. Music.